0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Teenage Catholic Podcast. I'm your host Matthew and I'm here with Brendan. Brendan, say hi to our audience. Hey, how's it going? Today we'll be talking about the four pillars of this podcast. I think it's a good idea to let everyone know what we stand for and moving forward we'll try to explain how these four pillars apply to any given topic we cover and we'll try to relate on how to use these in your life as a teenager. The four pillars of our podcast are prayer, prayer, service, study, and defense of the faith. So any topic we cover, we're going to relate these four pillars into the topic we cover and how to live as a teenager with these four pillars. So starting off with prayer. Obviously, prayer is the most important thing we have to do as Catholics, because what is our purpose here on earth? God made us to love, serve, and to know him, and to be happy with him in the next life, which is heaven. So the point of human existence is to enter a union with Christ. So that's what heaven is, entering union with God. And prayer is approaching God. And so if we pray here on earth, we'll be preparing ourselves for union with God in the next. Looking at a couple of things that the saints mentioned, like St. Alphonsus Liguori said that without prayer, we have neither light nor strength to advance in the way which leads to God. And St. John Chrysostom says, it is simply impossible to lead, without the aid of prayer, a virtuous life. So you have saints saying that you literally can't live a good Catholic life. You can't get to heaven unless you pray, unless you have God. So when the saints, especially saints like St. Saint John Chrysostom, the golden mouth himself. The
1: guy's literally the goat.
0: He's, yeah. Oh well, not the goat. Thomas Aquinas is the goat.
1: Well, you know what I mean. The um, guys,
0: the The angelic doctor himself, St. <laughs> Thomas Aquinas, is the goat. But yeah, <laughs> these guys are saints for a reason, right? And it's important to appreciate what the saints have to say because, well, they did something right because now they're in union with God. Exactly. The Summa Theologiae says that all of our prayers ought to be directed to the acquisition of grace and glory which God alone gives. And that's important because we need to pray every single day. St. Thomas Aquinas says you have an obligation to pray every day for 15 minutes as a minimum for justice, to give God the glory that he is due. So we have to pray for God, for his glory, and because it's what we owe him. But then also we can pray for ourselves as well. Yeah. Saint Thomas excuse me, not Saint Thomas Aquinas. Uh Saint Augustine says that it's not wrong to be seen by men or to pray to excuse me, it is not wrong to be seen by men, but it is wrong to do this in order to be seen by men. So you can't be a jerk about praying. You're not allowed to to do what the Pharisees do when Jesus clearly says the hypocrites pray to be seen by men, right? The Pharisees on the street corners go, "Oh God, look at me! I'm so wonderful! I just am praying in front of everybody. How about that? Please bestow your graces upon me." That's in the gospel too. With the um, you got
1: the the sinner and you got the Pharisee and you got the Pharisee. He's all like, "Oh look at me! I did! I gave you my wages. You know, I made sure the temple was clean." And then you got the sinner. It's like, God, you know, I know I'm a sinner, and I'm really not. Uh, supposed to have your blessing but yeah you know please bestow me with yeah one one is giving glory
0: to god and one is giving glory to yourself yeah yeah so you're not supposed to do that while you're praying but it's totally fine to be seen by other people while you're praying so brendan and i before school every day we go to our school chapel we're blessed enough to have a school chapel and i know not everybody has a school chapel but before school, we go, we pray for how long, Brendan? 20 minutes? Uh, I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Um, we get there at about 7 and school starts at 7.30, so we pray for about yeah. 20 minutes. And, and that covers, you know, hey, I'm praying. Uh, yeah. Here's my, my minimum of prayer is 20 minutes. Just just yeah. simple 20 minutes of prayer is a minimum. But well, I did
1: 14 today, so. Oh,
0: yeah. Brendan yeah. counted. Yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> I got you one more yeah. minute. Yeah,
0: yeah, Uh St. Blessed Peter Julian Amard, who's a French priest, says that in order to succeed in prayer, it should be done when we first awaken, when our whole being is calm and recollected. We need to make our meditation before anything else. So pray in the morning. It's, what else are you doing? I mean, you wake up and you you use the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you comb your hair, you put on your clothes, eat breakfast. How long does that take you? And you should have enough time to pray that whole time. Pray when you're walking between classes, pray when you're driving somewhere. That's a great thing that I started doing. I used to listen to podcasts whenever I would drive places, and now I I pray a rosary on my way to school every day. So instead of getting all uptight about the media and all that, I just I pray a rosary, it puts me in a great state of mind to continue throughout the day. Rosaries are awesome. If you do oh, yeah. them right, they take oh, yeah. 15 minutes. And if you, you know, really get into it and do a whole bunch of the add-ons you can do, Maybe 25 minutes uh, have yeah. to recommend rosaries and uh, Brendan and I we both own rugged rosaries And I, I know that owning a really cool rosary helps a lot so uh, If you need to buy a rosary that inspires you to pray buy a rosary that inspires you to pray but having having a rosary definitely helps a lot because You can just whip it out and boom. Here's boom. A, a set of a prayers. You can pray for 15 minutes
1: great great spiritual weapon,
0: right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So prayer is necessary to approach God. There's no way to approach God without prayer. And they're also not exclusive. You don't pray and approach God, or approach God and pray, or do one without the other. They are the same thing. In order to approach God, we have to pray. And the saints who are in union with God, their prayers are more efficacious than ours are. There's something about having a whole bunch of different levels of prayer, which I'm not gonna worry about right now. There are nine levels of prayer. And the last one is transforming union, which is when our soul is prepared to join God. It's described as a person being so captivated by Jesus that they are totally absorbed in him. And your soul is basically no longer in your body. So all of the apostles reached this. Padre Pio, people claim that Padre Pio reached this level of prayer. But reaching a high level of prayer means you're doing the right thing. I think we're going to do an episode on levels of prayer later because they're super complicated. We can't fit them into this. But praying is important. So pray for, pray for 15 minutes a day and that will approach God. Yeah. I know that praying can be hard for teenagers in today's world because you think you're busy. You're really not, guys. Again, pray in your car ride. Pray on your way to classes. Just find at least 15 minutes. You'll find that your life gets a whole lot better. You'll stop falling into sin as much. It'll be great. Go to mass too. Mass is oh, yeah. the best form of prayer. And, you know, you approach God spiritually by praying, and also physically when you receive the Eucharist. So get inspired, go to Mass, and pray a lot.
1: So the second pillar that we have here is service. As Catholics, we are called to perform works of mercy, and there's two works of mercy, corporal and spiritual. Corporal is of the body, so that's physical works that affect us and those we are helping. So be feeding the poor, sheltering the homeless, burying the dead, all that. And spiritual works affect us spiritually and those we are helping spiritually. So praying for the living and the dead, instructing the ignorant, comforting the sorrowful, and um, admonishing the sinners. And there's a bunch of others too. How do I, how do we know we have this? Because Jesus, he performed these works. Yeah, It's it's in the gospels. If you don't believe me, just read the gospel.
0: Yeah. I, I wonder, <laughs> it would be interesting, Brendan, if we went through the gospel, if we could find a place where Jesus did all of the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Uh,
1: I'm sure. You know. I, I'm <laughs>
0: sure he did, right? I'm
1: sure, you're right? Yeah, yeah.
0: But he I wouldn't just, have them if he didn't. You know. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And the overall definition of what service is is basically performing duties towards God while meeting the needs of others. So, for example, altar serving, and shout out to those altar servers. You guys are awesome.
0: Yeah, we uh, love our altar yeah. servers, Brendan and I. We, we love our we love training our altar servers. Oh yeah,
1: it's great. It's get awesome. get
0: involved altar serving at your parish. Yes. It's it's great.
1: Great, great way to grow closer to you. It's also a
0: great way to get a whole bunch of priests to ask you to get into the seminary, but that's different.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very different. Um, so when you're as uh, when you're an altar server, not only are you serving God through the mass at the altar, but you're also assisting the priest, you're assisting the deacon in the ministry of altar serving. Why do we do service? Because Christ did service. He did not come into this world to be served, but to serve. So on. Palm Sunday, when he was going through Jerusalem and everyone was laying the palms down, he didn't go, "Yeah, you should be bowing down to me. I'm your king." No, instead, on Holy Thursday, uh, the Last Supper, he washed the feet of the apostles to show that uh, serving—he's serving. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah. That's
0: a great line, actually. Uh, oh, what is it? Peter says. Peter says, "Lord, um, you shall never wash my feet." And yeah. Jesus says, "You may not understand what I'm doing for you now, but later." something like that. You might not understand now, but you will later.
1: You will later. basically
0: showing that he is a servant, right? You guys don't get why I'm doing this now, but later you will realize why I have to serve you. Great line. A lot of great great lines from Jesus.
1: (laughs) I think everything says great. No. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 Um, So when we're serving others, not only are we serving those who are in need, but we are serving the beloved children of God. They as humans were made in the image of, And likeness of God, so we're contributing to the environment God made, the the whole world that He made.
0: Yeah, unlike Adam and Eve who messed it up.
1: (laughs) Mm. Um, Well,
0: that's what Jesus is for.
1: Exactly, that's what Jesus is for. And Christ puts us with people in our lives so we can help them out, and they can help us out. So we should be recipients of service, and we should be. Servants of others, of course. Yeah. So, how can I serve Christ and how can I serve others? Just get involved with your parish. I would think first become an altar server, sacristan, lector, be a part of the music ministry. Go up to your pastor or go up to your priest in your parish and ask, "Hey, I want to be an altar server. What do I have to do for that?"
0: Yeah, no, it's it is really easy to do that. It, yeah. just just walk up to your priest and say, "Hey." I'm interested. What can I do? And priests exactly. are looking for help all the time, especially
1: you, from the, from the youth, because there's such like a yep decrease yep. in youth participation. In churches
0: mass. churches are old. Look around your church; its average you're age really. is probably fifty.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. You should also join youth groups and uh, Bible studies. With youth groups, you're around kids your age or in that age bracket doing the things that you love, and more importantly, just learning about Christ, His ministry, and learning like the overall will. That yeah. he has for you,
0: and and the the youth group and Bible studies also works well with our next point, Brendan.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and also how about other parishes that are in need? So Matthew and I, we both go to different parishes, but I I go down to uh, his parish and I help out with serving with anything that the parish needs, and I I also go down to the um the mother church of the diocese.
0: We love we love our cathedral basilica.
1: Our cathedral basilica, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's.
0: Glorious. It's gorgeous. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. I've sung in there before. <laughs> I, I've sung in there before and it is, oh my goodness. It's beautiful. It, it's gorgeous. You don't
1: see, like think it's huge, but you go inside and it's enormous. Yeah. And yeah. It's, oh my gosh. It's great.
0: Yeah. And, and also I think another thing about service is that it's so rewarding too. A lot of the times we're so caught up with ourselves that we just kind of, oh, I need to do this because I'll get paid or I need to do this because this or this. And right, sometimes yeah. doing service just makes you feel good. And while I don't want to, while I'm not saying you need to do things because it makes you feel good, because most of the time that's not the reason why you should do things, when you perform a good act of service, it's so rewarding. It is, yeah, I, I'm yeah. thinking particularly about whenever I altar serve, and we have a mass that we've got like eight altar servers, and we've got the incense and the torches. Oh and, man!
1: Oh man!
0: Right when you have a whole bunch of people coming together to serve, the it's parish. such
1: like, a great sight. It's, it's such so a great, sight. beautiful. It's it, so it's beautiful, majestic. It's
0: really, it truly is. Yes,
1: heaven right there in front yeah.
0: of you. Yeah. So, and it's, it's important that service you're just contributing to the people of God. Right. Yeah. Which is what Jesus did. Right. He healed. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed the hungry. Uh, he fed lots and lots of thousands of people. So it's it's we're just called to be like Jesus. Right. What would Jesus do? He he would serve people. He would serve everybody, no matter if they were a tax collector or a sinner or what. Right. He he even served yeah, the exactly. Pharisees. The Pharisees got served. <laughs> oh oh. Uh, so with the point
1: of Bible studies and uh, youth groups, studying is one of our other pillars. So, And you can't expect to grow in knowledge if you don't work for it. So math, for example, if you don't do the, the problems, you don't reread your notes, you're not going to get better at it. And the same thing applies to theology.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless you're doing calculus, because I well, do that work all the time and never get better at it.
1: Maybe you should read.
0: Yeah, just read more calculus. <laughs> just read more calculus. Me, the, <laughs> the, the the angelic doctor has lots to say about calculus.
1: <laughs> um, but when it comes to, to knowing God's will and to, to to understand the church, you don't need to be some top-notch theologian. And,
0: it, you know, that helps a ton. It helps, yeah. It I helps. Mean, helps. I mean, Thomas so Aquinas was a top-notch theologian. <laughs> well, was... he is the top-notch theologian. He is yeah. the go-at. <laughs> <Bleah.
1: laughs> um, but... You know, as teenagers, you know, I personally don't like reading, but oh it really gosh. helps. I'm sorry. I,
0: yeah, or I, even finding time to read. As much as I like say, an article or something. Hey, be, find yeah. time to, to pray. I think it's a lot harder to find time to read because sometimes when you're the short times when you can pray, you can't necessarily read because sometimes when you read, you really have to go deep and understand yeah. things and yeah. you need more time for it. So yeah. when there are times like, when you can pray in your life, there's not always times when you can read in your life.
1: Yeah, one of the um, liturgy of the hour times that we, the priests and religious have to pray it's called office of reading. And that has usually a New Testament reading or an Old Testament reading. And it has works of the saints
0: who are... <laughs> Brendan.
1: Hey, <laughs> hey. That Testament thing takes or, a
0: lot. <laughs> it has normally a New Testament reading or an Old Testament reading.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of the two. Okay. I'm still trying to understand the whole thing. <laughs> but that thing, it that takes a long time. And, you know, each reading takes like five pages long, it feels yeah. like. So, yeah. yeah. But if you're wondering what you should read, right off the bat, you got to read sacred scripture. Absolutely. And, right? There's,
0: know, there's the three legged stool of the church that right. supports it. You have tradition, which is what we pass on. Think of the dogmas and doctrines that we have that aren't written down in the Bible. Yeah, Even the ending part of the Our Father is tradition. Yeah. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. That part that we say in the Mass, it's not in the Bible. It was actually a tradition started by early Christians that the Ooh. Catholics were like, hey, this is really cool. We're going to make it part of our Mass. <laughs> so tradition. There you go. Uh, but hey, we have cool. tradition, the Magisterium, which is the... Teaching uh, teaching Office of the Church. And then you have Scripture. And which of those three is a book? It's Sacred Scripture.
1: Yes. Love Sacred Scripture. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, as much as the Old Testament is important for us, the New Testament is filled with teachings on how to live Christian life. Yeah. So, you know, you got the Gospels, which are accounts of the life of Christ. You really can't get any better than that. The life, death, resurrection of our Lord. Pauline letters are a mechanism For understanding the Christian message, the message of Christ, and the Catholic epistles take the challenge, take issues that faced the early church and how to solve them. It also strengthened the message of Christ's glorious return.
0: Yeah. So. Brandon, just to note, it is important to read the Old Testament. We're not saying don't read the Old Testament. We're just saying that in terms of studying if you want to learn how to defend stuff the right way, it's more important to read Paul when he says, yeah, homosexuality is bad than to read the Old Testament when don't eat bacon and you're not allowed to wear polyester. Oh, what? And don't I'm flick. It right li- now. No light switches. <laughs> no light switches on the Sabbath.
1: You think uh, God's going to smite me if I yeah. turn on the light?
0: Nope, and... <laughs> nope, because Jesus came and made a new covenant. Or, well, he fulfilled the old covenant. Yes, he did. We're under, under the new covenant with God. pray, pray for our, our Jewish friends that they may realize the fullness of truth is in the Catholic church.
1: Amen. Um, you should also read works of the saints. So St. Augustine of Hippo, the confessions and city of God. I read those two books last summer for a a retreat. Confessions is the the greatest autobiography I've ever read. You want to talk about like a full on, um, conversion other than St. Paul. Yeah. This man really went through a conversion he
0: was like he was he was a rather promiscuous man very very uh, promiscuous. yeah Yeah. not as bad as paul who's i mean going around slaughtering (laughs) christians but (laughs) hey that's just a testament to what god can do with your okay yeah look (laughs) if you think your life is in shambles look at augustine look at saint paul Paul, and also realize that vodka is made out of potatoes so if we can do that with potatoes imagine what you can do with your life
1: (laughs) okay Um. (laughs) The City of God too, that's a book about, I, I believe it was uh, given to one of Augustine's friends or students to basically go against the, don't want to say it was a Roman heresy, but it was some sort of heresy going around and Augustine was just like throwing to these uh, heretics, hey, this is a real city that we're trying to spread into this world.
0: Yeah, and it's it's really interesting work basically comparing the city of God, which is the Christians versus the the people from outside the city of God yeah, and yeah, just yeah. showing that the people in the city of God are cooler and better and more awesomer and
1: (laughs) awesomer yeah (laughs) of course the great saint thomas aquinas the summa the goat (laughs) man all right
0: i'll stop with goat i'll stop with goat noises yeah
1: (laughs) um but the summa is probably one of the greatest pieces of literature us christians and us catholics can have
0: yeah, I mean, b- besides the Bible, maybe besides the Bible and the, the catechism. Eh, uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> we, it basically is a catechism. It, it's but...
1: it's a pre-catechism yeah. before uh, John Paul II. Maybe we'll do an episode where we read the Summa cover to cover. Yeah, make
0: sure you like and subscribe so we can buy a copy of the Summa, and then <laughs> yeah. and then we'll go ahead and throw in a comment if you think we should read the Summa cover to cover.
1: <laughs> you should also read the Church Fathers, the the early uh, Christian teachers, like Justin Martyr. His first
0: apology is... Justin Martyr, uh, Ignatius, even as late as into Gregory. The Great. I'm sure you can find, yeah, Pope Gregory the Great, and then Gregory of the Uh, name out in the East, Naziasis, something like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. Bede, the Venerable Bede, a whole bunch of great early church fathers, and Augustine, obviously, a whole bunch of great early church fathers who, they're church fathers for a reason. They wrote some really cool stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And of course, yeah, probably one of the greatest modern popes we've had, if not the greatest, uh, say John Paul II, the theology of the body. If you want to know what the role of a real Catholic couple and the role that the male and female play, I would – that is great to to read and to understand the the true – uh, roles of each. There's there's a reason
0: player. JP two was or, or not ordained. Yeah, he was ordained a saint. <laughs> he was ordained. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason he became a saint as fast as he did because yeah he yeah. he was so influential. Yeah. But not only the modern popes like Saint John Paul II, but also modern theologians and apologists. So like uh, Benedict Benedict Pope the Sixteenth, who God rest saint. his soul. Um, yeah, but, but I, I think he will be a saint very soon. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Who oh. his Jesus of Nazareth series is awesome awesome. It's a great collection of series. G.K. Chesterton, I like this guy. I talk about him a lot. My my senior quote I think that I'm going to choose is actually by G.K. Chesterton. It's, fallacies don't cease to become fallacies just because they become fads. Love the guy. (laughs) Great Um, Catholic apologist uh, from England.
1: Scott Hahn, too. He's a great great
0: writer. The Lamb's Uh, Supper, Hail Holy Queen. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a Catholic fundamentalist, too, so Mm -hmm. you'll find a lot of great stuff from him.
1: And of course, uh, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien.
0: Yeah, fiction.
1: Yeah, fiction novels. Two of the
0: greatest fiction novels. Yeah. C.S. Lewis with The Chronicles of Narnia, which is a great thing to read for little kids, even into teenagers. Yeah, I, I just read Narnia a little while ago, and I was amazed at the insights I was able to get out of it because I remember reading it as a little kid, maybe eight or nine. I read it in fifth grade, and then I just read it not too long ago, and I was amazed that at three different levels, I could find each of the little nuances that he threw in there that meant different things to different people and yeah. then obviously, Lord of the Rings is just a outwardly I, Catholic book, <laughs> not even like, oh, we're pretending to be Catholic like, nah, it's no' just, just yeah. Catholic guys oh,
1: yeah. yeah, you know I never read those two you know book series I've seen the movies uh so uh,
0: hey, not the same
1: <laughs> uh, I think so but that's another topic for another time
0: but also stuff like catholic answers is great they provide a lot of great resources even yeah. just going on and, and you can go in and type in basically anything into their search bar yeah, and they have resources it, yeah. on it
1: yeah podcasts, podcasts
0: like ours you, you know how earlier i said turn off your podcast to pray a rosary don't turn off ours come on guys no, got, come gotta on. listen to our no i'm no, kidding it's... turn off ours and pray the rosary we're not as cool as the rosary is but us matt frad uh tim gordon trent horn Father Mike Schmitz. Father Mike Schmitz, Ascension Presents, presents, all of those people. They have a lot of of great resources out there and plenty of stuff still to come because they're gaining popularity. So they're doing Mm -hmm. a lot of great stuff and go and support them. It's the best thing you can do is not only support us, but support our other Catholic friends as well. I'm only subscribed to like 15 people on YouTube (laughs) and half of them are Catholic apologists. Yeah. So it's it's great to And then and then once you start understanding this stuff, it, you'll find it's easier to pray. Also, maybe hey, when you're studying something you go, "Oh, it's cool that that Jesus did this thing in the Bible. I want to go perform that service now in my community too." Study can help with the previous two topics that we covered. But also mm-hmm. study will help with defense as well, which is our last pillar of this podcast, and it's really important to know how to defend the faith. So, defense is all about arguing for the faith the right way and it all starts with study if you know that sin x is wrong but don't know why sin x is wrong then you can't defend the faith so if somebody comes up to me and says hey are you pro-life or anti-life you know pro-death what they what they like to call pro-choice but it's not pro-choice that's Mm -hmm. such a euphemism but if they come up and say hey what do you think of this? And I say, oh, I'm pro-life. And they go, why? Well, you have to know what you're going to say. Just being able to know what you're going to say, have your arguments. And again, like Brendan said, you don't have to be a super great theologian, top notch. Sometimes if you know that you can't argue it, avoiding the argument is just the way to go. And sometimes people are annoying and also avoiding the argument is the way to go because if people are annoying, sometimes they'll come up to you just to get a rise out of you and it's just not going to be good. But what I like to do when, because I, I have discussions and arguments with people all the time, please note that arguments are not always heated fights and conversations. It's just, hey, this is my conclusion backed by these premises. I'm going to explain it to you and try to convince you why they're right. So whenever I have arguments with people about the faith, just use logic. Obviously, when you're arguing, you have to use logic. But make sure you have your premises and your conclusion. Your premises have to match with each other, right? They have to be valid premises. and. Premise A plus premise B equals conclusion C has to be the equation. So if I say, hey, bees are yellow, everything that is yellow is a B, therefore a school bus is a B, that's not good logic. If I say, hey, bees are yellow, that thing over there is a B, or excuse me, that thing over there is yellow, that thing must be a B, that's better logic. Still, what you want to say is, hey, bees are yellow and they have wings, and they pollinate flowers and you say hey that thing over there is yellow and it has wings and it's pollinating flowers you can presume that's a bee right so just just make sure your your premises are not as complicated as possible but as complex and with all of the nuance inside of them as possible you, you need to be able to explain especially in catholicism really advanced topics to people and sometimes they can't understand that so make sure your premises are good make sure your conclusions match your premises and then just prove it using that
1: yeah i don't think a, a great way to support your claims is oh jesus says it yeah okay
0: yeah like and a lot of the time that's actually that's good brenda it's, that you say it's that. c- yeah but- because if you aren't comfortable make them prove it to you if their premises don't work that leaves an opening for you to go in and insert the truth right so if they're saying hey i think abortion is good because you know, women should have the choice over their own bodies. And you say, actually, and then you break down the arguments against abortion, you know, step by step. Oh, actually, it's a life. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's its own body. Actually, that's a human life. And if abortion is murdering a human baby inside of the womb, the intentional murdering of a human baby inside of the womb for the removal of the, the baby, and that's a human being, that's bad, right? And if they say, no, I don't agree to that, well, then you got to work out somewhere around that. And that's that's where it gets tricky because if they if you guys define your terms and agree to premises, that makes an argument a lot easier. If you can't agree to terms or premises, that makes it a lot harder. You have to try to make sure that you're arguing the right way. Again, premises, conclusions, you prove your point, make them prove their point, and make sure you're talking about the same thing. Sometimes also, arguing is not the answer. Jesus didn't always argue with people. If we're called to be like Jesus, we have to realize that. Jesus didn't always argue with people. Sometimes he just did things, right? When the when the Pharisees came up and threw Mary Magdalene on the ground and said, teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. What did Jesus do? He sat down and started writing in the sand. So sometimes actions speak louder than words, but all of the defense goes back to study. You can't defend the faith unless you've studied the faith. So if you can't explain, you know, point A plus point B equals conclusion C. You're kind of stuck, so make sure you study. That'll be good for defending the faith. And when you're defending the faith, just make sure you use some simple logic. Brendan, we're gonna make a logic podcast later. That'll that'll be one of the cool. newer things that we that we get to. But we're gonna make one of those. Yeah, I'm just breaking down. I I think sooner or later we're gonna make a podcast breaking down each of these and what the best way to do all of them is. We just can't fit all Probably, of that into the time period that we have. But it's important to know how to defend the faith. And how do you learn to defend the faith? Well, by study. And study can help you defend the faith and also help you in service and prayer. And service is important because it's what Jesus did. And service can also help you defend the faith because sometimes your actions speak louder than words. But all of it goes back to trying to be in union with God. And what's the easiest way to do that? By praying. Because prayer is really just approaching God, and that's what we want to do. We want to approach God so close that we are in union with Him. Yeah. <laughs> woo woo, baby, yeah baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's all we have for today. Uh, feel free to leave any questions you have in the comments. Feel free to tell us what you guys think. Please leave as much feedback as you can. Brendan and I are—we just started this. We'd like—we'd like to hear what you guys think about this. Make sure you like, you hit that subscribe button because we're going to go buy a copy of the Summa and read it cover to cover for you guys. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, we're yeah. not actually going to do that. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. We don't have any money to buy it with, Brandon, but uh, yeah, make sure you do all the YouTube stuff. It'll help us. It'll help us out a lot with the algorithm, getting us out to other people. There's oh, yeah. only, there's only so many people that we know that we can send it to. If you guys send it to your friends, share it with your friends. That's a great thing Did to do. Send
1: it. Maybe, you know, send it to your teachers. You can listen to it yeah. during class. Yeah. Yeah, anything, anything and everything lot, yeah, helps really,
0: yeah. and also subscribe hit the bell for notifications that helps tremendously because then you'll know Oh, oh yeah, when we come out. When yeah, we when we post things yeah. and Again, leave a comment tell us what you guys think and Hitting the like button also tells us that you guys actually liked it and we'll try to get back to you on comments and We'll do all the yeah. YouTube stuff back to you if you if you give it to us So and thank you guys for watching. We'll be back in probably about another two weeks And for now, that's all we have. Have a great week, guys. God bless. Take care, guys. Bye.